You're listening to Easier, a podcast all about making your life easier. This is episode number nine. I'm Anthony Wagner, and my passion is all about finding the best, simplest, and yes, easiest ways of getting things done. Each week, I'll bring you my favorite tips, tricks, and hacks for living a simpler life. This week, we're talking about camping. It's another favorite pastime of mine, but this time we're talking about 15 uncommon things to bring camping. This is a list that I've put together over my time going camping, and it's some things that you might not think of ordinarily. Also this week, I have a life hack just like last week, and that is to continue to use a checklist to remember to bring those things camping, and I've got one for you this week as well as a free downloadable file. All right, so we're going to get started, and I'm really just going to jump right in today. I don't have a whole lot besides this list because there's quite a lot of items on the list. So I'm just going to get started and talk to you about each item and where it came from and why you should bring it and that kind of thing. As I said, though, remember that I do have all of these items in a free downloadable checklist for you. You can get that checklist by visiting easiercast.com slash nine download. That's the number nine and the word download, and that'll take you right there. If you drop in your name and email, I will send it right to you. And just keep in mind that I am really careful about spam. I will never spam you. You will be put on my email list and you'll get a notification each week when I release a new episode. So that's what that's about. You can head to easiercast.com slash nine download to get the checklist. Also, you can head to easiercast.com slash nine without the word download, just slash nine to get the show notes where I've got a list of all of these items as well and links to... Amazon where you can buy all of the products that I talk about if you want to get them for yourself. So let's jump right in and I'm just going to go down the list one to 15 and I'll tell you about each one and how we've used them and that kind of thing. So the first one I discovered from a one of those online lists. It was probably a BuzzFeed list or something about camping and it is those plastic storage drawers. I think the brand that I have is Sterilite. I think Rubbermaid may make them but they're you know about a foot, foot and a half wide or so, and they've, they come usually three to a, a set, and they're drawers. They're pretty tall, you know, I don't know. They're probably two, three feet tall, something like that. And there's a set of three in a pack, and these are phenomenal. What we used to do when we went camping was we would just get like a storage tote, like those big plastic bins, the single big plastic bins, and just kind of throw everything in those. That was the first year. Then the second year, we got another one, so we kind of separated them out. But this year, I actually took two sets of those plastic storage drawers. So I had six drawers, and I divided all of our things among those drawers, which was a phenomenal idea. This is one of my favorite hacks that I found lately, and it just made all of our stuff more accessible. We were able to get to everything so much more easily because it was all organized. So I had a drawer that had all of our coffee stuff in it. I had a drawer that had the plates and cups and napkins and utensils and stuff like that all in it. I had a drawer that had kind of the camping stuff, like especially for the fire. I had all that in one. And I also put our citronella candle in there. As a little side note, what we discovered over the past few years, if you get a citronella candle, try not to put it in with stuff 
that you're going to use, especially disposable or things that you're using for food, because that citronella candle will smell up everything else that it's around. So I've thrown away half half rolls of paper towel because I leave them in the bin thinking, oh, we'll just use it next year. And then we get it out and it's just reeks of citronella. So that's a tip. Don't put them together. But if you are going to store them like in these drawers, what I did was I put all those things together that first of all, wouldn't make a difference if the candle was in with them. And then I put that at the top. So that way the smell wasn't kind of permeating through all the rest of the stuff. That was an extra precaution. I don't know if it really helped, but I do know that none of our stuff smells like citronella this year. So definitely get some of those storage drawers and organize your things. And what we actually did, we just left them in the car. I drive a Ford Escape, and so we have a hatch that lifts up, and I just left them in the car. So anytime we needed something, I would just, you know, we would leave the hatch open most of the day, depending on whether or not we were trying to avoid bugs. But we would leave the hatch open and then just go get stuff. And then at night or we were going somewhere, just close the hatch and that was good to go. So awesome hack. Definitely give that a shot. Number two is to bring fire starter sticks or logs, really. Either one will work. But like, you know, if you have a fireplace, these are the same logs that we get the Duraflame brand from the grocery store. And they work just as well for getting a campfire started as they do for getting a home fire and a fireplace started and we get the um, starter sticks which are thinner and they're kind of made of a weird material I'm not really sure but they're kind of soft and they they burn a lot more slowly so they allow the wood to catch a lot more easily and this is just a time saver if you don't want to have to fight with your fire I know that sometimes we do typically we go and we, we get firewood at the campground and when we get firewood there Oftentimes it's, it's either rained or dew has collected on it from overnight and it tends to be a little bit damp. And so it sometimes is a bit harder to get the fire started. So definitely is worth considering getting some fire starter sticks because you just light it and kind of leave it and that definitely helps. Along those lines, item number three, this is a great fire starter if you don't want to go that route, but we actually did both because why not? We have a, a trash can in our laundry area in our apartment and all of the dryer lint that we throw away goes into that trash can and we just empty it. But this year we had quite a lot in there. So I just stuffed that into a plastic bag and brought it with us. And you know, that stuff is super freaking flammable and that's why you have to clean it out. So your house doesn't burn down, but it's great for getting fires started. So if you don't want to get those uh, Duraflame logs, this is a free way to do it. Just know that they burn faster, so you might have to use more, but it's free. So that's another great tip. Now, number four is to bring a fireplace tong or a fire poker of some kind, so that way you have a way to manipulate the wood in the fire pit. And for the first couple of years, we just kind of walked around and found a big stick and just used that from the campground. But we couldn't find one for the last couple of years, so we ended up investing in a fire poker. But I actually think fireplace tongs would be better. And we haven't done this yet, but I think I'm going to do that for next year. Tongs would make moving the logs so much easier and I think a little bit safer. We don't run the risk as much of them falling all over the place and kind of sending sparks up into the air and smoke, which tends to burn the eyes and things like that. So that's number four is to get a set of fireplace tongs. All right, so moving away from the fire, the next one is a recommendation that I got from my friend Janet, I think the first time we went camping, and I have been doing this since, and the first can of this that we got is still working, is still lasting. It's been like four years, so it lasts forever. It's um, to get permethrin bug spray. It's actually made for gear and clothes, but you spray it on your tent, because what will happen is if you just set your tent up like most folks do, 
you wake up and you've got a bunch of creepy crawlies all over the outside of your tent and it's gross. So if you spray your tent down with this first, it helps to keep them off. And then you can spray like the perimeters of your doors and things to help keep the bugs away. And it really does work. This brand works very well. And like I said, it's lasted, I want to say, at least four years, maybe four or five camping trips. We're running a little low. It's about time to get some new but this stuff is great. And you, like I said, you just spray the, the exterior of your tent and you spray kind of the door area and it keeps bugs away. So that's number five, tent bug spray permethrin brand. And like I said, just as a reminder, all of these things you can find in my show notes. You can get links to all of these products in my show notes. And that link is easiercast.com slash nine. That's where you're going to go to get all of that. Okay, number six out of 15 is to bring a welcome mat. And you can get a cheap welcome mat. The, I think the one that we're using is from Ikea. I think it was like $3. But I have one that's a little better linked in the show notes. I think we're going to probably upgrade to one that's a little heavier. And a welcome mat is great because what you do is if you're camping in a tent, you set the welcome mat out right outside your door. you like the, the flap where you go into the tent. And then you can take your shoes off outside and then just step on the mat so you're not tracking stuff into the tent. And if you don't want to leave your shoes outside, which I actually don't recommend overnight, partly because of the weather, but also because we've had some fun surprises of bugs making their little homes inside the shoes and then us going to put them on and there's a bug, you know, some kind of giant spider or earwig or something nasty in the shoe. So what I recommend is you stay on the ground, take one shoe off at a time and then step onto the mat And then carry your shoes into the tent and maybe clap them together before you walk into the tent to shake off some of the dirt. But then bring them in the tent, especially at night, and and leave them in there. And that'll keep your shoes from getting bugs inside of them or from getting wet in the rain if it happens to rain or dew. And it also helps keep your tent clean from a bunch of dirt. So that is tip number six to bring a welcome mat. Number seven is, speaking of dirt, to bring a dust buster. If you don't have one of these, uh, a cordless dust buster that's rechargeable is a phenomenal investment. I have one that's not too expensive on the list that you can go get, and I highly recommend you bring one of these first because we sleep on an air mattress, and no matter what we do, even with all these, you know, the other tips that I've given us about bringing shoes in and making sure they're clean and also being having a mat, all that stuff, it seems inevitable that for some reason dirt always manages to track itself into your tent. And somehow onto the bed. So every so often you'll feel like you're kind of sleeping on grit and it's really annoying. So I found that if you just bring a dust buster, you can run it over the bed real fast and it sucks up all that stuff. It also works for when you're tearing everything down. If you bring the dust buster, you can sweep out and vacuum out the inside of the tent and you don't have to worry about having a bunch of sand or dirt inside your tent when you go to use it the next time. So that is tip number seven to get a dust buster. Okay, number eight is to get a mallet with a stake pull on the end. And we've seen them at grocery stores. They actually has a mallet and has like a hook on the end. The one that I have in the show notes is like a red mallet that has kind of a spot and what at the end. And what that does is you can, you can use it to pound your mat, your stakes into the ground and it helps to keep them from bending or breaking. But then when you go to pull them out, sometimes it can be really difficult, especially if you've pounded them in quite well, but they usually have like a little hook stakes have so you can attach your guy lines or so you can 
attach whatever to, that you're keeping down. They have that little hook on them. And you can use these mallets that have either the hook or the little hole on the end to attach to that and pull them out of the ground. And that will save you a lot of hassle. If you don't have one and you, you, you know, you really want to put your stakes in the ground properly, you should get one. It makes such a difference when it goes to, when it comes to getting them out and tearing down. So that's tip number eight, a mallet with a stake pull. Then number nine is an extension cord. And I'm not talking just any extension cord. Yeah, you can get one, but I have one of these and I've used it for years and it has been such a great investment. It is super long and it's super convenient. It is a an extension cord that's on like a reel and it winds up into itself and it has four outlets in itself. So if you aren't really sure what I'm talking about, head over to easiercast.com slash nine and look at item number nine and you'll see what I'm talking about. But basically it's a big yellow thing. It's got a handle on it and you can wind the cord up into itself. It's very long and it has the four outlets right inside. So you get four outlets and a convenient way to store it and it's useful all over the place. Trust me, it's useful way beyond camping. I've used it for years. I got it when I was back in college and I have not regretted it since. But it is great for camping because basically we have a tent that has an electric cord pass through, which is another thing. It's great if you didn't know that tents were made that way. More modern tents, they have a spot that has a, a place to run a cord so you can bring the electricity into your tent. And we run that in and just set it at the edge of the air mattress that we use and we can plug our stuff in at night, our phones and whatever. So they charge at night like normal. And that way it's all out of the way. It's all convenient. You don't have cords running all over the place and it's bright yellow. So when it, you know, it's running along the ground outside, you can see it easily. So that is tip number nine to get one of these real extension cords, ones that can be uh, wound back up. Okay. Number 10 is to actually bring an inexpensive kitchen trash can. I'm not talking about the ones that have like the foot pedals or anything fancy, those simple human ones or anything like that. I'm just talking about like you'd go into an office and you'd find a trash can under a desk, that kind of rectangular tub type trash can. Bring one of those with you and bring tall kitchen bags, um, tall garbage bags for the kitchen with you. And it will make your trash life so much easier. You have a spot for it all the time. It doesn't tip over, fall out. You're not fighting with it. We tried one year to, to bring a, an, a milk carton and that was kind of silly. Like it did work, but we just figured it's taking up almost that much space. Why not just bring a trash can? So we already have one at home. We just bring that along with us and it works perfectly. Just a quick tip though. At night, before you go to sleep, make sure that you tie off your trash bag in the can. So that way little critters and rodents can't get in your trash. Now, even this year we did tie it off, but we woke up a couple of mornings and the bag had some holes in it. Something was trying to get into it, but still it, it's definitely better to have it tied off than to just kind of leave it as an all you can eat buffet all night. And you wake up and you got a giant mess to clean up after you've woken up. So bring a tall kitchen type garbage can with tall kitchen bags and make sure you tie it off at night and your trash situation will be a lot easier. That's number 10 to bring a trash can with you. Number 11 is to bring a fan. And we actually bring both, well, this year at the end of our camping trip, I decided to look into getting battery powered fans. And I've talked about it a couple of times, but this fan is amazing. I have this little battery powered fan that has, it's it's a, like a rechargeable battery that you can actually replace, but it's rechargeable. You can get separate chargers too, but you can just use a USB, a micro USB cord to charge it like any Android phone would use. And it lights up. It's got like a nightlight on it and it's got three speed settings, which are phenomenal and it lasts quite a while. So that's a great thing to just kind of have with you if you're going to the beach or you're 
sitting outside during the day, but then at night, if it stays warm, and typically it doesn't, but if it's, if it's raining or you need to be in your tent during the day or at night, if it's still warm, it's great. We actually brought our full tower fan. We have a Honeywell quiet set tower fan and we brought the whole thing with us and plugged it into that extension cord I mentioned just a couple of items ago. And that was definitely nice to have at night. So you're not sitting with that little teeny fan, which definitely works, but you've got good airflow in the tent. So that one might be a little bit of overkill, but it still was really nice to have. So either one that you bring or both definitely worth the hassle of having to to get them and bring them. I have links to both of those fans in the show notes, and I would highly recommend if you get nothing else on this list, I would say probably get that fan first. I know lots of these items are great. All of them I think are great, but that fan probably has the most uses out of anything here. Okay, number 12 is to bring warm clothes and blankets, especially if you're first-time campers. You might not know this, and you're sleeping in a tent. Even when it gets to 95 degrees during the day, even when it gets sweltering hot, at night, the temperature really drops. And you think, okay, you keep your indoor temperature set to about 72 to 75, whatever that is, in the 70s. The temperature at night can drop into the 50s. That's freezing cold. And the first year we went, we were miserable at night. I remember waking up in the morning and barely even being able to move because I was so cold and running to the showers because they're at the campsite we stay at. They have actual showers with hot water. And I stood in that shower probably for a half hour to warm back up because I was so cold. So bring warm clothes for at night, sweatpants, like a sweater jacket, something like that, and wear layers at night and You don't have to start with it, but have sitting next to your bed a pair of socks, a jacket that you can put on, a sweater, and have a warmer blanket. You could bring a sheet to wear for when you first go to sleep because usually it's warm enough that you don't want a heavy blanket. But trust me, you're going to wake up at 5 in the morning freezing your ass off and you're going to wish that you had something warmer. So trust me on this. Bring warm clothes and blankets. The worst that can happen is you bring them and you don't use them and you just have to wash them because they end up smelling like camp. Trust me, do not freeze like we did. Bring those things, warm clothes, blankets, and at night, make sure you have layers with you. Okay, number 13 is to bring one of those rechargeable battery packs for your phone. And I have a pretty intense battery pack that I got when I first got it. It's actually quite heavy and It has three USB ports on it. One is, maybe two are fast charging. I can't remember. It's one of the two. It's got a little button on it you can press to see how much charge it has. And I mean, it charges my phone probably 15, 20 times before I have to recharge it. It's wonderful. Now, it is kind of heavy. And the one I linked is kind of pricey. I think it's like 70 bucks or something like that. But this battery pack lasts for freaking ever. So you don't have to worry about it. We I took the battery pack with us. And I charged my phone. God, I was using it almost the whole weekend. We were gone camping for four days. And I think we came back. And I think it's still to this day. We went back in the beginning of July. And it's now July, the end of July. And the thing still has half charge. It is amazing. It's by the brand Anker. You might have seen A-N-K-E-R. You might have seen their stuff on Amazon. That thing was totally worth it. If you decide to go with a less expensive one, that's okay too. You don't have to go so extravagant, but I would definitely say whatever you do, bring a battery pack because camping, you're going to want to, if you have signal, you, you want to have access to your phone periodically. You want to be able to keep it charged. And this is the best way to do it, given that there aren't outlets every five feet, like, like when you're not camping. So that is tip number 13 is to bring a battery pack. Tip number 14 is a throwback to episode number seven is 
to bring coffee with you. And I actually brought my French press and all of the things that I needed to make French press coffee. This is the first time I've made coffee while camping and it definitely made the morning great. You know, you have that crisp morning air and I like being up in the morning and I like being by myself and you get, I get up, you know, six o'clock, whatever time and I get up and it's, it's still kind of dark outside. It's the sun's just starting to rise and I made the coffee and I just sat in our zero gravity chairs and just relaxed by myself and just listened to nature and drank my coffee and helped me to warm up. It was wonderful. So if you do not have a way to make coffee on a camping trip, this is the way I think this is a way to do it that made it pretty easy. Just a couple of things. First, you should listen to episode number seven, and you can do that by going to easiercast.com slash seven, which is all about how to make French press coffee. If you've never done it before, that has all the products you'll need. It has the steps that you'll need to follow. I made it pretty simple for you. So go there, either just read the show notes or listen to the episode too. That'd be great if you haven't already. And then a couple things that I need to say to amend that for camping. The first thing, you'll want to make sure that you have bottled water for this. The water quality really does impact the taste. And like I said, at home, I typically just use tap water, but on a camping trip, you're not going to want to use whatever tap water they have. Bring bottled water. I used about two and a half bottles per time I made coffee because I used a little bit of the water to help clean the French press out when I was done. And then the second thing I'll say is you're going to need a way to heat the water. And what I did, we brought a grill and I brought like my stand, my kitchen pan, like the the pot that I use on the stove to boil water for anything. And I brought that and I just boiled the water in there on the grill. And I did bring our thermometer and I temped the water because I wasn't just using my machine at home. And that worked. It worked perfectly. It tastes just like at home, but I got to have it when I was out camping. So that was a great little trick. So that was item number 14, coffee and French press. And then finally, item number 15. And this one may not be if you've got any young kids listening. I'm not going to say anything racy or anything, but this is a an adult-oriented item. And that is t- to bring some personal lubricant with you. You never know when the mood will strike you. And my motto, at least that I developed for this episode, is better safe than chafed. Trust me, bring it with you. And I have links to that and everything else that I've talked about in my show notes. And you can find those at easiercast.com slash nine. Okay, that's the whole list. I hope you got something out of there that you've never thought of. If you have any comments on anything that I suggested or you have anything to add to this list, I would absolutely love to hear it. You can do that by emailing me at podcast at easiercast.com or visit the same link, which is easiercast.com slash nine and scroll to the bottom and leave me a comment. I would absolutely love to hear anything you have to say. So I'm really excited to give you this list. And also remember, I've got everything that I talked about in this episode in a really cute, simple checklist that you can print, that you can use. I've got a Microsoft Word version as well as a Google Drive version. So if you don't have Word, you can still use this checklist. They're exactly the same. And you can get that by visiting easiercast.com slash nine download. And you enter your name and email and I will email it right over to you. And trust me, you're going to want that list because it's actually got some extra stuff. It's got some preview items for next week's episode in it. I'm going to talk about in next week's episode, things, uncommon things to do before you go on a trip. 
And I actually was going to include all of those items in this episode, but I was like, I've already got 15 things. I need to split this. And I got 10 more. So that's what next week's episode is all about. But you'll get kind of a little bit of a preview if you download that checklist. So again, it's easiercast.com slash nine download. And that's it for episode number nine of Easier. Remember, bring any one, if not all, of these items from this episode with you on a camping trip. My favorites were the plastic storage bins, the fans, and the French press coffee. Those things are, I think, the essential things from this list that if you do nothing else, you should do do those three things. As always, if you have anything to say, you have any ideas, comments, thoughts, questions, anything like that, I would love to hear them. You can email me at podcast at easiercast.com or by visiting easiercast.com slash nine, scrolling all the way to the bottom of those show notes and leaving a comment there. And as I did last week, I'm going to ask you for a quick favor at the end of this. If you could possibly take a minute to review this podcast on iTunes, I would be eternally grateful. A five-star review on iTunes goes a long way to sharing this information with as many people as possible. And speaking of that, if you'd like to share it with someone else, show them how to subscribe to a podcast. You know how to do it, and lots of folks don't. So do those two things for me. Share this, show someone how, and then leave me a review in iTunes. Five stars if you love it. As always, I really appreciate that you're here. You all are the reason that I keep doing this podcast. So thank you so much for listening. And until next week, here's to an easier life. Bye for now. Thank you.